Hi, I'm Prophet Nati. Thanks for listening to the Caribbean Cannabis Channel. Meditate with us every Monday as we seek to educate you on the latest developments and personal stories of those shaping the cannabis economy across the region. Now here's your program. Just want to thank you again, Charles, for um, agreeing to be a part of this interview. As I said, this is not just a discussion between your company and myself, but it also will be reaching those across the region in Barbados, Trinidad, and those who just generally interested and want to find out more about the developing cannabis industry. So I will jump straight into it, actually. Um, I would have met you or got a glimpse of your company from being a part of the BMCLA webinar, which was an investment webinar for the medical cannabis industry in Barbados on November the 2nd. I must say it was a wealth of information. I'm great and excited to see what will be happening in the industry in Barbados specifically and what will it will bring for the rest of the region as well. So just by starting off, um, I just want to get an overview and understanding of your company. I know that you all deal with security consultancy um, foremost, but I know that you, you would have made mention of filling the gap in other spaces. So that's what is the OSSI? OSSI would stand for Olympian Security Solutions Incorporated. It basically is a development out of, out of a, consult, a pre-existing consultancy, CPNet, which was in existence for years, uh, doing various types of projects uh, for international regional organizations, for um, private sector on, on a, a number of business matters. So um, when, when we look at, at the, the range of experience of the persons involved in this, in this group, uh, we've got one director who's a, a civil engineer, another director who's an industrial relations um, consultant. I myself have a background in IT and security as well as um, video work. So we decided that we would pool our resources and our knowledge to address various business challenges in view of finding a solution. Now, you know, as I started, it was um, way back in, in probably November last year, we were approached by a foreign entity to do a feasibility study for then establishing uh, a security presence in Barbados. Now that, that entailed a, a significant amount of work and um, we had everything in place basically uh, worked out the legal framework, worked out the uh, registration framework, uh, did the marketing analysis and, and various other uh, activities that was sort of uh, determining our product mix and stuff like that. They were a conventional security company looking to provide traditional services. Then along came COVID <laughs> and uh, we went through our lockdown and Obviously, the market became very difficult for entry at that time. Businesses closing, um, the hotel se sector um, almost completely uh, closed down. There was not a lot of activity going on. Plus, we were actually 100% locked down. So the decision was made um, that they wouldn't venture into a new market under these conditions at the time. But we'd already done so, so much work. Uh, we just looked at one another and said, why, just, why don't we just do that ourselves? And, and the, same, the same hesitance that the, the client had, I personally had, I said, well, why do you want to get into something like that? No, where there's no market, you know? One of the, um, the colleagues said, well, you know, why don't we look at the medical cannabis industry? 
because that's something that's not coming online. And it sort of flew by me. But then I, I, I thought about it and I said, look, we've been doing agricultural uh, anti-pretty larceny patrols using um, UAVs and aerial assets for some time. And we've also done a lot of investigation into uh, white area protections uh, for crops and stuff and cattle. So uh, the technology is just about the same. So let me just do some research and see, you know, if, if it is a, a, a viable um, venture. So that, that, that's what started all the research and then got, it, got involved with, with some individuals at the BMC earlier who were very, very helpful uh, and started uh, attending some of these forums and just got a feel for what was going on, picked up the necessary background product knowledge so that we understood the culture of the industry and therefore could easily determine the risks, the, the mentalities of the persons involved and design countermeasures around, around that knowledge. Now, you may say that's, you know, how's, how's that security? We found, we found that to be invaluable in the agricultural sector because farmers have a, a particular mentality which you have to address. I assume that uh, practitioners in this industry would, would be of, of similar cloth. Um, so that's why we took the time to know the product so we could talk to them uh, on their terms uh, so we could understand some of their concerns and bring in some of our other skills to help resolve some of their challenges. So we decided to go into this thing. And of course, at first it was a, it was a hundred percent security, um, focus, which is physical security, protection of physical assets. And as such, then we had to develop the international contacts to get the solutions because this product is a high value product. It is also a product that is very, there, there, are, there are lots of rules and regulations around this product in terms of diversion, um, in, in terms of, of infiltration of legal product into the illicit sector. Um, so that security has to be of a very, very high grade. And um, having a fairly strong knowledge of the security industry and the, the electronics in existence, uh, we decided to go, uh, to a level that we knew would be required for this industry, which is military grade. So we developed the contacts with, uh, with companies that provide military grade solutions for, for high security areas. And um, they were quite excited about the project. Some of them already were doing cannabis and they, they were very excited about getting into the region. So we formulated some loose, uh, at first loose collaborations and then they, they, they um, morphed into strategic alliances. So we developed the first, the first step was to develop the foundation of the operations, which was the strategic alliances with suppliers who would, who would provide the necessary equipment to prevent any disruption of activities or uh, diversion of product. Having done that, um, you know, having listened to quite a few of the seminars, we realized that as is required, there was quite a bit of, um, Complaints. There were quite a few complaints issues in terms of the rules and regulations. Um, the Medical Cannabis Act, uh, 2019, and the subsequent regulation, 2020, um, very clearly and comprehensively outline everything. The BMCLA has done a tremendous amount of work in setting out the regulatory framework. Yeah, I must commend them on that as well. It was pretty comprehensive when I saw it. Very comprehensive, you know, anything to do with, with the regulatory framework and, you know, onboarding. 
they are very helpful staff there and, and they're they're the source and i always refer my clients look always look at their site for the latest information the current information anyhow in speaking to them i realized look, a, a lot of people um i just recently spoke to another client um on another project he, he basically said i'm coming to you because the the other agency um wants me to learn to do this stuff for myself and blah blah i i'm not interested in that i just want to get my stuff online and you know you do the marketing you do the uh, video creation everything um and a, lo a lot of business people are like that they can't they concentrate on their core activity they don't have the time or the interest in getting tied up with all the the supporting uh aspects of the business which are very important so we initially got involved with the master security plan the security plan the site plan and various sops as they relate to security as a requirement and a very strong requirement of the application document that has to go to the BMC earlier. Some clients then asked for some additional information. Um, clients that were overseas did not really have the flexibility to, to contact persons here. They would have to contact a lawyer and then contact a, uh, maybe a, some sort of entrepreneur to get uh, uh, things done. And then uh, usually the focal point is a lawyer, you know, because the lawyer will run around and get um, get the licensing information you know dvd incorporation um you know and, and there's there's some there's some peculiarities about the incorporation which requires 30 percent ownership by a barbadian or carry entity um registered to, to live here operate here so the lawyer may not necessarily have time to do all that stuff uh so we saw the need for plugging a hole <laughs> plugging a logistical hole right in in the whole operations framework now the, the obvious the obvious place to start would be with the obvious things that need to be in place for an operation fencing store power clearing of land and preparation of foundations and stuff for facilities so that's where we went at first and as i said one of our directors is a civil engineer so that was right down his lane and he said you know well fine we can do all the the um the additional things like making sure this strong country planning permission for fence over you know eight feet or whatever and get all these little busy things out the way in a one-stop all-inclusive solution so that's that's how it started out well, that's how it ended up with us getting into this um, comprehensive service solution for the industry but we provide a package with one point of contact and with the redundancies in place that uh, we can we can check and and, and and we have fault tolerance we, we 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 will that solution will always work because there's there are enough layers in our structure to cover anything that 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 um pops up uh so the whole thing is to is to um stop the investor especially the overseas investor for hitting some of the potholes um which may not be initially uh obvious so that the the onboarding process in Barbados is a pleasant one a simple one and an efficient one. Okay, nice. You would have made a very great example of referring to the company now um, from moving just into security, but into a one-stop shop, as you would have said. But when you say a one-stop shop, can you just go into some of the other sectors that you'll meet? So I know that you may help with administrative um, tasks, you may ass assist with financial or legal matters, but what exactly is within the package apart from security services? Well, first of all, the legal matters that would be a, a that that is a specialized area. 
Well, we, we don't really deal with legal matters. We, we would deal with registration, assisting in registration matters to make sure that the registration is compliant. Administrative matters, we can, we can assist. We have persons on board that can do virtual administrative services. But in, in, I believe in most cases, these, these practitioners will, will have their own onboard administration. But where we see it important to plug some additional holes would be things like um, there, there are some challenges. There are some challenges in the financial sector. There are some challenges in the insurance sector. So those challenges being caused because of um, what we would call international corresponding bank uh, requirements which um, since Janibus is not federally legalized in the United States and most of the banking institutions in the region um, do corresponding banking through federal banks in the US, they are not able to accept funds knowing to be the proceeds from the medical cannabis industry. So it is a, that's an immediate problem. Uh, what are you gonna do with your cash, right? How are you, how are you gonna pay for goods and services um, offshore? I mean, it's not a problem here. Uh, you, you can you can store your cash on board, um, and you can you can do the various things that you need to do locally. But at some point, then you're gonna have to get uh, equipment from overseas, right? Correct. That means then you're gonna go through some sort of international transfer system, which is going to touch uh, on this on this restriction. Uh, likewise, the insurance industry, um, and these these are these are large firms that we personally sat and talked with their decision makers and. You know, we have a we have a definite situation where um, we know firsthand that it's not gonna it's not gonna work very easily, at least for the next two or three years, until uh, the U.S. you know regularizes things. Insurance for things like um, if you are going as far as things like crop failure, they don't they don't have any way of sort of evaluating that outside of the uh, the uh, the zone of the results of a natural disaster. Um, I refer to things like the ash fall, uh, the recent ash fall, uh, maybe a hurricane um, causing failure of a crop. Could they get insurance for that? Sort of like you think insurance. And they said, no, in, in any event, we can't take the premiums, right? So those, those are two problems which we are currently working on to see if we can facilitate mechanisms or suggest mechanisms um, whereby the funds can be legally kept safely and we're, you know, operations cannot be seriously affected by by this restriction, which is currently in place. So that, that's that's one area which, as I said, is is something that's not upfront there all the time. But you know, you gotta you gotta think about. It. Uh, we've we've thought about other other situations like um, providing specialized agricultural equipment or having a strategic partner that provides specialized equipment and just only yesterday we spoke with a, a, an organization in Trinidad um, that will provide the specialized equipment should there be a need locally. So that, that's another area that we came into that we didn't originally um, envisage getting involved with because as I said, the BMCLA is a regulatory uh, organization. So they, their mandate is not to go there and find persons for you to sell your product or whatever. So there, there's, a, there's an area there where um, we can assist uh, as, as a private sector organization. We can, we can go there through our connections with the, with the various other uh, verticals that we deal with. We can create the connections whereby we can have a, a sort of a, of a platform 
uh, it's, it's, it's not under development, we call it uh, MVP, which is normally most valuable player. But um, this is what we are calling a multi-vector platform. Uh, what the multi-vector is, the various paths to, to success, basically. You, you, have, you have pharmacies and, and, and uh, retailers of medical products in, in, in the UK, in Canada, and in the US uh, that, that want basically secure product. And you have um, practitioners here, farmers, who would be a lot more comfortable knowing um, that if they plant um, an acre of, of cannabis, that they can concentrate on um, growing that cannabis during the, the, the four to six months and not have to worry about running around trying to market and, and, and get somebody to buy their stuff. So this platform is, is, is to get contact with people who want to be supplied and to have a list of people who want to supply and to do that mesh so that there is like a growing contract. Um, the person at the requirement end says, I want 400 kilos of a particular uh, product uh, at the end of your uh, harvest, at the end of your uh, planting period. So you know, if you put a seed in the ground, you know there's a sale for that, right? You can grow with, with more confidence. Also, there's a need, as I said, as I mentioned earlier, there's a need for a 30% operational partnership. You know, So this is not something on paper. I think the BMCLA was quite clear about that in the last uh, forum that you that you attended. This is somebody with, with a vote, this is somebody who has input into the business, an operational partner at 30%. The 70% investment coming from overseas may not necessarily be familiar. There's, there, right now, there's no information knocking around to say from an A, from a B, and from a C, or practitioner A, practitioner B, practitioner C, is looking to get into this industry um, and is willing to partner with you know whatever organization from overseas. Um, to satisfy this legal requirement so that we can establish a company in Barbados and move forward. So we want, we, we, we want part of this multi-vector platform is to have those two sites, the supplier side and the, and the requirement side, um, so that we can mesh again, handshake. And it's, it's, it's a, uh, a service that we will provide for clients, you know. The, the whole passion about this whole thing is that you can actually contribute something to the growth of the industry, you know, and provide a lot of value at a, uh, services which may not necessarily be obvious up, up front, which there doesn't seem to be a, a whole bunch of players in that particular space within or, an already narrow niche, right? So it's a very, very narrow space that we're talking about. So we we have stepped up to the plate and said, yeah, this this is what we want to do. And this, this is what will keep it exciting for us, you know, uh, because we're dealing with all the various business disciplines that we've all been trained in. We are following up with our background passion on um, security and the provision of uh, physical security equipment. So to us, it's a win, it's a win, win game. And we really enjoy doing this and making the contacts and um, just trying to establish uh, this framework in place so that people definitely have some place to come to achieve certain goals, certain operational goals in their business ventures. I, I heard you would have made mention specifically um, to... Um, foreign investments such as from um, um, the USA, Canada, etc. Um, what have any contacts or or anybody reached out to you from within the region? I know that St. Vincent would have um, set up their own medical cannabis industry as well as Jamaica. Um, and we have other countries as well that is um, looking to enter. 
So has any of those entities reached out to you or any of the services such as the MVP um, package that you would have um, entailed could we, could be used for them as well? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but you see, the MVP package is is something that was just conceptualized maybe a week or so ago because this, this thing changes. You know, we get, we just get these ideas because we, we, are, we are always thinking, you know, and, and we are the beauty of, of an organization like that, like this, is that it is like, instant reaction to market you know we, we don't have the inertia of bigger organizations that want to go through boards uh international um lines of command to decide to to react to a spot in the market uh, i can tell you that because i came out of one of those organizations i know how difficult it is to respond to instant market demand that that came up based on some discussions between the directors and some clients and a lot of things come up as we discuss things among ourselves etc we decided, you know, to even get into the transportation of um, of materials, whether they be uh, finished materials, vegetated, vegetation, uh, biological materials, vegetation, state, um, stuff that is going to be destroyed, although most likely the, the destruction will be done in situ. But basically, we, we, will, we will transport product and we will transport cash if need be, because there may be a facility where you, 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 you have to store um, these these sums of cash because it's going to be outside the banking system. You're going to have uh, large sums of cash on on um, premises, so that means that our our security measures are going to be have are going to have to be extremely hard. I mean, b- uh, bank level uh, type security for, for these places so that their their stuff is safe. The access controls and the, their management of entry into various places is going to be like very, very, very critical. There, there's a lot of scope. Um, right now, I think we, from the BMCLA meeting, uh, this should be able to send the applicants with 10 pending. Our, our own internal research figures that the industry would possibly topple at about 200 players. Uh, as it stands right now, we are talking, in terms of numbers, we're talking to 30% of the people that are interested in, in onboarding. So it's a, it's a very comfortable position. We are not, we produce, we, we deliver specialized service. We're not geared, structured, or interested in, in delivering, um, you know, this, this wide scale mass um, specialized things in a specialized area uh, for people who want the service. So, you know, talking, talking to 30% is quite enough for us that way, you know, uh, because we could, we could never really efficiently handle more than that. <laughs> um, Based on our our, our size, we, we don't plan. We plan to stay at the scale. So um, this is a this is a at the base a risk based consultancy uh, that will provide all the necessities uh, to satisfy the the exposures to close those exposure gaps. So uh, for us, we are we're in the place that we want to be, and we just we just basically waiting now for people to actually um, get the licenses and mobilize um, things like getting the properties ready or the, the locations ready, um, this kind of thing. Um, before all that, right now we're just dealing with building the infrastructure, developing the contacts that we can mesh people together when they're ready to mesh, um, develop all the applications and software needed. For, for instance, we, we developed a specialized application for the movement of product um, long way, which is a cloud-based app, and it, you know, person requiring the service will just go online with their service number, uh, require their pickup. You know, it's it's how should I put it? It's charged and everything. You know, they just report the weight, the location, the software works. So everything gives them a charge, gives them a ticket, 
um, gives them an appointment time, they book the appointment time. It's, it's geotagged uh, with a GPS location, which is straight into the truck. Truck goes exactly to the dock to the fly, picks up the stuff. They can see where it goes. The BMCLA has something called a track and trace software, which accounts for the movement, the batch, the, uh, the certificate of analysis, or all, all, all the, the regulatory side of it. So, I mean, everything is is transparent and all the key stakeholders uh, under the compliance regulations are able to see what is going on with that movement. You know, what batch is being moved, where they're located, you know, everything. So, although, although nothing operational is going on, there's a lot of stuff going on in the background. Uh, one thing I want to actually touch on um, is the illicit side of things. I know that the illicit market, um, not just with um, in the region, but also in USA, Canada, and other places, it has proven a bit difficult in terms of competition. So how do you see the illicit market interfering with the, the legal side of things in terms of um, the security logistics um, that you would be handling for farms or retail businesses? Well, our only concern with the illicit market is that nothing from the legalized medical cannabis side is diverted to that market, all right? Because there are two different markets. Um, the illicit market is a recreational market. The, the medical cannabis market is a pharmaceutical market. That, that is a medication to address certain ailments and there are a wide range of ailments um, that can be addressed by cannabinoids, you know, CBT and THC. Uh, the alternative, obviously, in some cases, is, is opioids, which we all know we, we would like to keep away from unless absolutely necessary. Um, so the cannabinoid is a viable uh, and, and safe solution. But the specifications of the strain, the specifications um, of, the, of the growing process, the pest control processes, everything concerned with uh, the growing of medical cannabis is it's very regulated. The, the soil must have a certain pH value. Um, you know, irrigation must be of a certain type, and you know, you gotta you gotta mix your nutrients into the water and this kind of stuff. So, what is being done on the uh, pharmaceutical side is is not a product that is really geared to the recreational side, right? Uh, so, the, the the only danger that we see from our risk analysis is the illicit side needing product to sell, right? And I, I'm not even sure if the strain that is developed for medical purposes is actually suitable for recreational purposes. That side may not like it. So, but, but the point is, our focus is on separating those two those two um, sides. The, the the difficulty is that uh, people already have a concept. There's a stigma from the illicit side, right? Which may create some barriers on the regulatory side right because the regulated people have to deal with that stigma until people become uh educated in fact that that side is a pharmaceutical side <laughs> right it's just it's just like poison or abba or anybody developing aspirin or or any sort of painkiller or uh pain management system you know it's the same thing you know it's just that because it can be diverted for it has to be protected it has to be protected from from that and of course, the, the, the illicit market, uh, it, its monetary inflows make the product a near cash product, cash on your cash. 
So, so the, the, the practitioner is going to be a prime target. He's going to have both cash and near cash, right? Although he's going to have cash most of the time and near cash around harvesting periods. I don't think he has to worry too much about, about it before it gets to the stage where it can be, it can be cured and, and transformed into a usable product. But certainly those first, those last two months or so, or last month and a half, you know, you're at risk of, of, of your product being actually stolen as well. True. That's very true. It goes to show how important security is because personally, it is something that I probably would have put on the back burner or something you don't really see discussed. It's usually like any finer details and it's only when persons actually begin, they will take into consideration, oh, shocks, I have to study security. I have to do fencing and not just fencing, as you said, but even the military grade um, security that you all are offering. And it goes to show how important, important it is in terms of incorporating all of these things and having a full understanding of what you would need to actually enter and secure yourself um, within the industry. You know? And like I said, it's all risk-driven because we, we, we basically go from a risk foundation. Um, and the risk would be different in various countries. What, what the risk are in Jamaica would be different from what the risk are in Barbados would be different from what the risk are in St. Vincent, you know? Um, Antigua Barbuda. Our, our risk basically is, is diversion, both aggressive diversion and internal theft. But you are correct. A lot of people, as I spoke to people, say, well, I'm going you know, to get a couple of dogs and my manager's got firearms. And, you know, <laughs> you know that, that just shows the level of uh, the nonchalant approach people take to the serious nature of security for this industry. You know, I, I believe the BMCLA has, has plugged that hole by stating that, uh, for instance, transport, unless you have a transport license, you can, you can, as a practitioner, put product in the back of your car and carry to the port for exploitation. You have to hire someone with a transport license who would obviously satisfy certain rules and regulations for transporting the product. The same thing with security. You just can go and say, well, your, your, your storefront manager is, is going to be the security. You have to, you have to have a registered security company doing security for you and conformity security plan that you that you have to submit in order to get your license right i remember the mcla will be doing ongoing inspections so if if you are if you fall short you are given a certain amount of time to, cor- to correct that that gap and if you don't correct that gap you you stand in danger of of your license being revoked suspended or revoked so i mean as a country we can't afford to get on any kind of blacklist for money laundering for irregularities in the control of, of, of a medical cannabis um, industry uh, and, and providing product to the criminal element, this kind of thing. Um, so, you know, that, that's the reason for the BMCLA. That's the reason for all the rules and regulations. So they have to be followed and the BMCLA will enforce them. So that means that there, there is a guaranteed market for professionals in that area who come up to the to the to the block and decide to avoid the type of services that are required for this industry really being safe. And remember, our threat matrix is changing constantly as the pressures of of, of unemployment uh, as a result of COVID and various things increase. People are going to get more desperate. You know, you're seeing an increase an increased level of we within the past three months. I think we had to buy robberies. You know, those are things that you still haven't wants as we see in a blue moon before. But you know, when you gotta when you gotta have certain things done. And, and get certain things, you get you get more desperate measures come into play. I think I think once the industry, I, I, I think um, players in this market, especially the overseas, I don't really have to deal with the overseas players. The overseas players are coming here expecting a certain level of security, a certain standard of security. One of the clients I spoke to, their head office, their security team, 
is ex-SEAL team members. I said, well, you're not going to get ex-SEAL team members in Barbados, but um, you will get highly qualified security officers that are armed and do have military experience. So, you know, the threat level in these states is, of course, significantly higher than the threat level here. So, so the, the, the need, the need for, for that level of expertise in the U.S. is justified. You know, and they pay, they pay prime dollar for these guys, right? Because they realize, you know, that any kind of, of, of hit to a shipment is half million dollars and up. You know, you have to realize that, uh, let's say a tier one person is an acre, an acre on the, you know, it's 3,000 plants. At maturity, you're looking at half million dollars in the ground. The, the, the average growing price now is, um, is about 500 US dollars, right? Um, for the finished product, somewhere in that area plus or minus whatever percent. But you're dealing with a high-value product. And I mean, even in terms of our company measures, we have we have a serious monkey problem in Barbados. Two or three monkeys run through your field. You could, you could, you could lose twelve thousand dollars and up in two minutes, you know, easily. You know, if you hit the plants at the wrong time, where the where, where they're damaged, where the plants are in training and stuff, and they damage those plants and the plant and the plant becomes unrecoverable, you've lost a lot of money. Each plant is three or four thousand dollars, right? So you know, even in terms of 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 defensing, uh, we, we we are looking at measures uh, and, and getting legal guidance on certain measures that we can use on offensing, which would which would immediately address the monkey problem. This is a whole a whole wealth of information, things that I didn't even consider, and I'm sure that a lot of persons have not considered um, as well. So as we just comment, I really want to understand like the process you all had to go through in terms of obtaining these licenses. Um, I know persons looking in usually think that it's very expensive. It's a very timely um, procedure to obtain these licenses. How was that experience um, for you all? Or if you all are still within it, what is the type of assistance um, that the BMCLA is providing for, for your company? No, in terms of... Uh, so the complex issue is one side of it. Submit the correct documentation, the correct application package, and you're good to go. The second side is the uh, licensing fees. They are again set by the, the BMCLA, and you know you get a lot of you get a lot of talk about um, oh it's, it's very prohibitive. It's not for the small man. This kind of thing. But you have to look at it. You have to look at it that this license and and this Barbados is one of the few places, if, if not the only place, that licenses like this. Most places license every year. Barbados licenses you for five years. So when you buy a license, that's a big plus. And another big plus, you got to pay 50% on the application, but then you have two years in which to pay the balance, right? So let's say you apply for, let's say a transport license. That's, that's a license that we, we, we can tell you we apply for. You apply for a transport license, about $19,000 just in the licensing fee, plus the application fee, which is non-refundable, uh, which is less, I can't remember, $1,000 or something like that. So let, let's say you, you're spending $100,000 in your transport licensing fee. You got to pay fifty thousand dollars on application. You got two years to pay the other fifty thousand dollars, right? The revenue regime of this industry is such that your return on investment should be made within that two years. Are correct. By the end of that two years, you should have broken even, right? You've got three years then to get your return on investment for the initial output, your return on investment and retained earnings. That is a very very achievable goal. So what I'm saying is. It looks like a lot of money up front. When you really sit down and look at the numbers and you really decide to get into this thing seriously, it is not as daunting as it looks on paper, right? In the worst case scenario, your last year or that five years should be a, a, a full profit year for you. you, you th there's no reason why you should not make back that money easily and have money 
to invest in the next five years of operations. That is the real way you have to really look at it. The, the compliance side and, and, and the submission side, we, we will deal with on a client to, to consultant basis. The the um, actual fee side, you deal with the licensing authority. And as I said, those are very favorable terms. And, you know, people, people some of my clients look and say, there are anomalies in this fee structure and stuff like that. But they're, they're not anomalies, you know. People see that a, a tier one, the entry license, that's, 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 that's for you to get involved in the industry at, at a small level. But then you have a tier two and a tier three. And you, people see the tier three license as less than the tier two license, you know? And they go, how come a tier two, which is less acreage, is more money than a tier three, which is more acreage? But there's logic to the madness, you see? Uh, and people don't realize that you're paying per acre, right? So if you, if you are paying um, the, the licensing fee for tier two, per acre and you bought six or seven acres, you're paying that fee. They want to encourage you to go more. So if you if you if you know you're gonna do like 20 acres or so, you buy a tier three license. You know you eventually want to do 20 acres, you buy a tier three license. You may only cultivate at tier two level or at tier two acreage, but you have a tier three license which gives you scope for growth. Well I I'm surely even more informed and knowledgeable, not just about the industry in Barbados, but even things that persons outside need to consider in terms of security, um, administrative, organizing licenses. Sometimes we overlook a lot of these things and hearing it from somebody who has been in the process and even going through and carrying out other persons through the process is comforting. So I think a lot of persons feel, should feel a little bit more comfortable understanding the procedure in place in terms of obtaining licenses and just being aware of the analysis that you have to do um, in terms of security. So um, Charles, as we close down, um, is there anything you want to leave the listeners with? Um, any advice or any services um, where they could contact you all or reach you all? Well, um, you know, we'll put, we'll put a, a, a link in the chat there. You can go on the Facebook page and, you know, keep up to date. You know, follow that page. You'll get information on it fairly regularly. Um, you can email any questions to ossi.barbados.outlook.com. We'll be happy to respond to any questions. But most importantly, I want people to be aware of this MVP, of this multi-vector platform, because without your input, it's not going to work. Okay, well, I want to thank you so much for actually joining and being a part of this discussion, Charles. Um, as I said, it's a wealth of information that persons should incorporate into to their life, whether they are ambitious into the cannabis industry or on just on general level in terms of understanding the compliances, understanding the rules, the regulations that you have to navigate within the service and within this industry. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. Hi, give thanks for listening to another episode of the Caribbean Cannabis Channel. Be sure to like, share and follow to stay up to date with all the development and behind the scenes happening across the Caribbean cannabis community. Until next time, remember to meditate and educate.